Welcome back, everybody. Of course, this is Chad. This is Wiz. We're here with your podcast, underscore OG on Instagram, underscore OG on Twitter. I believe it's just your podcast on Facebook, wherever you're listening to this. Thank you so much. First off, Wiz, how are you? Oh, man, I'm fantastic. It is just gorgeous out here today in uh, sunny San Francisco. And, you know, got holidays around the corner. I'm heading to Mexico on Tuesday, and I'm excited. Should be a good time. That should be good. Um, For those of you who are just tuning in, this is an audience-driven podcast. So if it's your first episode, thank you. If it's your eighth episode, thank you. Um, But what we do is we put out polls. We put things out on socials. We ask you what you want to hear, and then we give you that whatever you want. So this week was an interesting question. Usually we'll take a few questions, talk about sports for a little bit, and kind of get into it. But this week, we decided to take one question because the question was good. It was, what do you wish? Basically, the question was, what do you wish school taught you? But I'm going to say, what do you wish education taught you? Not just school, but everything involved with school, the sports, the education, the actual teachers, the classrooms, college, applications, all that. What did all of that teach you? And what do you wish that it taught you? Um, It was submitted by a fan. We're not going to give them give their name because it wasn't exactly what they submitted. They actually kind of wanted a little bit of a different discussion and we'll probably get into that too, but this is just a good idea. I think this will be a fun talk. And as always, if you don't like what we have to say, you can start your own podcast, but if you want us to know about it, you can follow us. You can tell us, you can contact us, whatever you want. We'll get you on here. We could talk about it. I know I have a lot of teachers that are, you know, quote unquote friends with me. My mom was a teacher my whole life. Um, I taught classes at San Jose state for, a couple years. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it thoroughly. I love school. And I guess that's kind of where we should start. First off, we have to give you a little bit of preemptive congratulations or just, I don't know what the word is, but you find out about the bar tomorrow, don't you, Wiz? Oh yeah. Tomorrow at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. I was talking to our, uh, to Spence today. He was happy it's going to be over that you're going to know or not. Right. Exactly. But it's um, been terrible. Yeah, and it's so long, too. It's a few months. Didn't you guys take it in July? July June? 28th to yeah. November 12th. It's brutal. been a wait period. Yeah. Brutal. So uh, we're going we're gonna to find out tomorrow either way. Either way, I'm just glad it's over and I can just move on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in limbo here, just like driving Lyft, you know, making some cash traveling, which has been cool, but it's time to get mm-hmm. some shit pop. Yeah. Time to get some stuff going. Time to get some stuff going. But, um, yeah, so first off, I said what I thought about school. What was your... What was your take on school, Wiz? Growing up, kind of all through, because we both went K through 12, obviously. We both went undergrad. Then we both went some kind of postgrad. So what was what was your take on it? So school in general has always been a big topic in my house. My mom has been an educator for over 20 years now, pretty much my entire life. She was a special ed teacher. She was a Spanish teacher. Um, and now she works for, like, uh, the San Bernardino County superintendent. So she's always been being a been a big proponent of school my father also has like higher education degrees so school has always been an integral part of like you know the framework of my life and I've always been a big fan of it I enjoyed the schedule of it you know just like you know you work hard for eight months and then you get three months off maybe a month for Christmas but other than that in terms of like the structural aspect of it I do really am a big proponent of the fact that uh just mandatory education for all and accessible education for all it is it shouldn't be an option it should be like required it should be prioritized by you know local uh, municipalities and everything like that so i think 
um, a smarter and more informed and educated society is always better. So I'm yeah. a big, big school guy over here. And education helps everything. I think that's mm-hmm. something that people don't really get is that if you have a more educated populace, you have a more educated just population of people, you'll have less crime. You'll have not necessarily less poverty, but you'll have higher education helps across the board. It just does. It's one of those things. And we're not saying you need to have, you know, a tenure track professor, PhD, but we're saying a basic level of reasoning and understanding that was taught to you in school. And even if you can get your education from other places, school isn't the only place where you get educated. It's, you know, for me, I, I thrive in that environment. I was the kind of strange kid. I'm not, not saying strange, but I was the kid that I kind of hung out with everybody. I played sports. I took AP classes for, for, you know, did some extracurriculars. And so I kind of had, you know, friends in kind of all places. I wasn't really like the popular kid. I was never that guy, but, um, you know, I definitely had a good time in school. I definitely enjoyed school all the way through, up through grad school. I got my master's degree and loved that as well. So school, I think that must be, that must be known by anyone listening to this before we get into this discussion. We both like school. School was both, was pounded into both of us from a young age as something that was very important. My mom's been an educator forever. My, I have a little bit of a different background in that my mom has, I think five or six degrees. She has the highest degree. She has a master's, but then she has a bunch of different accreditations and different things. She was a vice principal for an elementary school for five years. She taught for 30 years. She's, you know, and from a very young age, it was, you get to go to school. You don't have to go to school. You get to. And I think that kind of put me on that track where I never missed school. I, I never did. I went to school every day. I loved it. I, you know, homework, of course, when you're a teenager, you don't want to sit at home and read, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all of it. We talked about the books we had to read last week. If you want to go back and listen to that one, I still don't understand why Bless Me Ultima is part of the curriculum, but we can get back to that (laughs) another time. Um, But yeah, let's get into this. So what we wish we learned. There's, first of all, let's let's lay out the basic argument. Everyone says, oh, we should have learned how to balance a checkbook. We should have learned about taxes. We should have learned about, you know, things like that, where if this was 30 years ago, I might agree. I have never once been taught how to do taxes, but it is, we're in the information age. It's so easy to figure things out now that I have, I have filled out my own taxes for a few years. I've also, I also just realized that the amount of money I save by not just sending it to someone is not worth the stress that it causes me. It's just not, it's the same thing with, with fixing cars. It's the same way. Like, could I change a tire? Probably I could, I could change a tire or I could pay someone to do it and just do it. And that's just, it's, you know, like to change your own oil, it's going to be $20 less, but then you have to change your own oil. I'd rather just have someone change my oil for me. And exactly. um, that's my, my opinion on that. Cause yes, we should be able to, you know, you should be able to pay your taxes. You should know what that means. You should know all of that. But if you don't know at this point, I don't want to say it's laziness, but it's a choice you made a choice not to know at this point. Exactly. And plus, I feel like that narrative, you know, like, oh, we should have learned taxes and everything like that. You know, we're saying this in the context of like, you know, this isn't stuff that we're going to talk about. This is like the archaic narrative that surrounds this discussion. We're going to have more of a forward thinking discussion, talk about actual soft skills, but, you know, things like, oh, they should have taught us how to like 
uh, file our own taxes, like balance a checkbook. It's like, all right. Should have taught us more about home economics, how to sew and how to, I'm like, you can learn how to do that. Yeah, exactly. That that was a, uh, I feel like that's a narrative from like a past generation. It's a little archaic, you know, Mm -hmm. like all those services, like our society's advanced, like we we don't need that. Like H&R Block, there's literally, (laughs) I think there's like free tax services online. Yeah, I mean, TurboTax exists. You're fine. Turbo tax exists. So like, you know, these are these are things that like um, I feel like the past generation, like everyone saw the tax code as like a workaround and like you know, you could save money if you knew X, Y, and Z. There's no everyone's like, well, Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes. He's in a little bit of a different tax bracket than you. So he has thousands upon thousands of streams of income. That's why he gets to save money on taxes. Mm -hmm. Not saying that's a good thing, but that's why he can exploit that's why he can actually exploit our complicated tax code. You Mm -hmm. yourself who has one stream of income. You're not going to be able to exploit it. You're going to pay your taxes because, like, that's what the government wants us to do, and they don't want the billionaires to pay it. So, yeah, and uh, that's that's part of it. Um, but I think the main thing that I'm going to harp on in this discussion is the thing that bothers me is that I feel that high school prepared you for college. That's what high school did, and even I don't even think it did that great of a job. To be completely honest with you, mm-hmm. I think school prepares you for school. I, I don't think school really prepares you for the real world. And I don't think that it's, I don't, it's not that the skills aren't transferable. It's not framed in a way that makes sense to the average person. And we'll exactly. get into that, but you know, you homework, someone says, Oh, why do I have to do work at home? If I'm at school six hours a day, if you've worked in any kind of job, you know that to do your job exceptionally well for a job that you have to take home, you're going to have to do some work out of the office. You're going to have to do some work that you might not be getting paid for. You might not be clocked in. And that's something where, you know, there's, there's always, so say you have, you had notes in AP US history. No one's checking if you took the notes, right? Mm -hmm. You have a quiz the next day. That's where, you know, if you took the notes or not. Now, Mm -hmm. everyone knows that person that could skate by, ace the quiz and just read it once. I was never that person. I had to take notes. I had to go through it. And that taught me that skill. Where I said, okay, if I want to really be prepared for this, I need to work because there's levels to this, right? There's levels to intelligence. There's levels to street smarts and book smarts and all that. And the people who are incredibly book smart who have a, is it iodetic memory? What's the word where you can remember? Is that it? I do that or photogenic. I don't think it's photographic, but no, it's photogenic makes you look good in photos. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) And then thanks, man, you do too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, but no, whatever it is, it's, it's a different, it's not really intelligence. Me being good at AP US history or me being good at writing, I don't think is intelligence. I don't. I think of that as me being able to follow a prompt. When I look at, you know, me writing my, uh, my master's thesis of 45 page 46 or something ended up being, I don't think that makes me smarter than anybody. I really don't. I think it showed that I could follow the directions of that I think it showed that I could answer the questions the teachers were asking. It showed that I could write an academic paper, but I don't think that it really is intelligence. And is that, is that something you agree with? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I do feel like, like you said, uh, the school system is based more around following directions and learning how to be, uh, I guess, diligent and consistent as opposed to you know maximizing your actual cognitive ability. Um, I don't know exactly what compromises the IQ test or IQ determination. But I do think that, like, you know, schools should be geared more towards, like, 
you know, captivating and like stimulating kids intellectually as opposed to like, you know, teaching them how to like be cogs in the machine, which I feel like is like, you know, you got to turn in your homework every day. You got to, you know, show up at this time, sit in this chair every time. Like, you know, you're kind of teaching them how to just like follow rules as opposed to like actually grow and learn and become better and smarter. A lot like you said, I'm just reiterating what you said. So I do feel like, um, like our, like the general perception of uh, intellect that's derived from actual academic success is really like misguided. And that's one thing I wish I learned <laughs> earlier, bringing it back around to the bigger topic. Yeah. I wish I had learned that, you know, all these people who maybe get like the 4.0 or whatever that like, I wish I had learned, like, they're not smarter than me. They just learned how to do the task a little bit better and follow that direction a little bit better than I do. Mm-hmm. Especially once you get to college, all it is is figuring out how to follow directions. That's it. You just have to know what the teacher's asking for. And if you turn in exactly what they're asking for, regardless of the quality, you're going to get a decent grade. It's just how exactly. it goes. But kind of going off that, talking to high school, one of the things I would like to see changed, I knew by the time I was 10th, 11th grade, that I wanted to do something in this world. I wanted to do something in sports. For those of you who might be tuning in, I'm a sports broadcaster. I do media relations. I do writing. I do video production, audio production. As you see, we're on a podcast. I do all that. That's that's what I do. And the fact that I needed to take three years of science to get to college where I was not going to ever set foot in a science classroom again, I don't understand the purpose of that. It seems like a waste of money versus someone where, you know, people that I've had that I know who took three AP science classes and never wanted to touch an AP language or history or that anything like that. I loved those classes. I loved AP US history. I loved AP government. I didn't like anything related to science because I knew from, I had to take drawing and painting in high school. I knew that I was never going to use that. So why would I go into that and be super excited and want to listen to what the teacher had to say? I think that I don't know how, how it was for you is, but I believe we got one elective a semester, mm-hmm. I think is what it was. Or I think actually, no, you got two, but if you wanted to go to college, you need three years of a foreign language. So you mm-hmm. had to take one of them as a foreign language. Exactly. So I took Spanish, which again, I wish at the same time, I wish I went to a, an immersion school. I wish Spanish was something that I knew fluently. And it's something where in my job where I speak English, you know, I don't want to say proficiently because that seems like a weird thing to say, but I speak English in a very specific way. I don't understand why learning Spanish would help me in my day-to-day job right now, living in Danbury, Connecticut. So I, I wish that I knew it because if I ever do end up back in California, like I hope I do, then I'm, that's something that you need to know. And it's something that would help me. And my thing is say, say as a freshman, you got a chance and you said maybe the first two years you, you have to take what you have to take. And then your senior, your junior and senior year, because by junior year, you're 16, 17, you have a pretty decent idea of what you're doing. Granted, there's going to be stories where kids don't take physics and then they end up being a physicist or a story where, you know, whatever, there's going to be those outliers. But if you would have told me then, I would have said, hey, I want to take more video production. I want to figure out how to take stuff with audio production. I want to figure out how to do some sort of speech and debate. I want to figure out how to do these things. And instead, I took Spanish three, I took Spanish two, I took chemistry, 
I took physics. I can't tell you the last time I calculated the velocity of something. It's, and that's not a shot at physics teachers. It's, it's physics should be in the schools, but you shouldn't be forced to take it. And exactly. it's, you know, it's definitely coming out like a rant and we don't want to sound like the old guys on the, you know, get off my lawn type, but yeah, that, that, that's not what we're trying to be, but it just seems like the intention of school is good. I think they have pure intentions. I think educators are there to help children. I think educators are there to help students. And I really think that's what it is, but the amount that I got from high school versus college, where, and the only difference between that is college, you don't take a lot of classes that you're not interested in. I don't exactly. know because he, uh, Wiz, you went to UNLV for undergrad. I went to San Jose State, both huge schools, right? I'd imagine UNLV is probably 30,000 plus, right? Oh, uh, I think it's 33,000. Yeah. San Jose State's yeah. about that. I think it's 36 if you count the grad. But doing that and being a part of that, you see, you have, you know, your general ed areas where it's A through N, I think, for us at San Jose State, but there's 30 choices for every class. There's 30 choices for every area. So I took, you know, instead of taking, instead of taking a cultural studies class, I took media appropriation of sports and culture. And I took, you know, like sports in America. And I, yeah, I took, I took critical race theory through sports. And I took these things where I learned everything through something where, and you might be sitting at home saying, well, you don't need to know that. I talk on the radio about sports for a living. I do need to know that, you know, the fact that, I know who was on the back-to-back Florida national championship basketball teams. That helps me just like knowing who the number one pick was in 2009 helps me because I can talk about it. And so it's, it's all part of it. And that's something that I knew, and I'm the outlier in this. I knew I wanted to do this from a very young age. It's something that I just knew that the, the product of sports and how it makes people feel and being a part of that and being a part of something that's bigger than you. I wanted to be part of the deliverance of that message, the delivery of that message. That's what I, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. I still did. Exactly. And I wish that from a young age, I could have been taught a little bit more to cultivate that because school shouldn't be, why am I, school shouldn't be, oh, I have to go to physics. School should be, oh, I get to go to ROP sports occupation. Oh, I get to go do this because I don't know. Did you have ROP in high school? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's that? like the army people, right? No, that's, that's ROTC. Um, ROP, I don't, I think it's regional occupations maybe, but you took like, you could take like metal shop and bike maintenance and med tech and vet tech and all these classes where you learn skills. And that's, I mean, that's in my ROP sports occupation class was the first time I ever talked on the radio. And I knew from then that's what I wanted to do. And I was 16 years old. If I would have found that out at 14, I would have had two more years. And if I would have found that out at 18, I would have had two less years, but all this being said, I think the general theme of this is we want it to be more prepared for the real world. And it's the way that you frame things. And we were kind of talking about this, Wiz, but I mean, I always hated group projects as something in school, right? Were you a fan of those or not really? Oh, never. Yeah, because you always, it, everybody is always the person who says they do all the work. And I will be upfront saying I did all the work a lot of the time. And sometimes I did no work. It's just how it goes. It eventually regresses to the mean. It was always, yeah, it was always pitched to me as someone who I'm not going to be able to trust someone I don't know. I'm just not, especially if my grade is riding on it, I'm going to be there. And 
I think it was always taught to me as you need to be collaborative. You're, you're stronger together than you are as one. And you need, you need people, you need to be able to work with people from different backgrounds, which is true. But I wish it was taught to me as, hey, in the real world, there are going to be people you don't like that you have to work with. So figure it out. Exactly. And that might have been hard to hear at 16. You know, I might not have wanted to hear that. And teachers would freak out. They wouldn't like that. Or pardon me, parents would freak out. They wouldn't like that at all. But if you would have told me in my freshman year of college or, you know, even during grad school, hey, in a couple of years, you're going to have a boss that you don't like, or you're going to have a coworker you can't stand. You need to be able to work with them the same way you're working with this person. I would have been much more inclined to try and figure out a way to work with that person. Exactly. It's, I feel like yeah, like I feel like that soft skill that you're, you're getting to that you wish we had learned is like emotional intelligence and dealing with complicated issues, right? Like that's something that's like it's almost devalued in like you know the K through twelve school system. Like uh, it's really all about it's all results driven as opposed to process driven. Like you know they don't care about like how well you end up learning how to work with that person. They just care about like what you guys produce in that group project. So I do I completely echo that sentiment. Like that is kind of like the, I feel like a lot like the soft skills, the emotional intelligence part. Like if our schools had just amplified that, and education just amplified that. Like we, those kids would come into uh, the real world like so much better, like prepared and acclimated. Even if they, you know, you don't get to like explore your passions and everything like that. So I feel like you're really touching on like a good point. Like if we could learn how to like actually operate in a functioning society where nobody is really like looking out for anyone else's best interest because that's what our society is so like if, if we just like had that baseline understanding and baseline skills like everyone would be so much better off yeah and you touched on an interesting point too it's emotional intelligence something that you said is not touched it's not even grazed in education it's not and it's something where and i will say you know, I think we're far enough removed from school, at least K through 12, that we can say that it probably has changed by now. Because I mean, you graduated, were you 13? Uh, I was 14. 2014. 14. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm eight years removed, or this will be the ninth graduating class after me. And so you're seven, this will be the eighth graduating class after you. It has changed. I know it has. Because I see I've, after coaching high school and being around high school, still coaching sports, there are things that there are quote unquote cool kids who would not have been cool kids when I was in school based on the way they looked. And that's changed, which is good. However, how many times were you in a class where a kid would have a problem? You know, you don't know what it is. You never know what it is. You don't know what's going on at home. You don't know, you know what happens from when he gets dropped off to when he gets picked up. You don't know what happens for the other, you know, 70% of his life. You don't know what's going on or there or her life. But one thing that you do know is you know how they act at school. So if someone has issues, obviously someone has a problem at school and I'm not talking about someone who's messing around. I'm talking about someone who freaks out, who's angry, who's yelling. Instead of saying out of the class, not acceptable, can't do that. What does that teach him? You know, he probably doesn't want to be there anyways. I always hated that kids got suspended because it seems like it's, it's just perpetuating that cycle where education is everything. Having a kid at school is so much more valuable, even if, even if you keep them in the office, 
even if you have him sit with the principal all day, you know, have him there because it, it's just, it seems like a waste of time to send a kid home who probably didn't want to be there in the first place. Emotional intelligence is being able to say to yourself, Hey, I want to freak out right now, but I can't right now. I need to control it. I need to be able to be okay. And then maybe you go and maybe you use sports as a release. Maybe you use drama. Maybe you use band. Maybe you use whatever it is, but school gives you that opportunity versus going home that, you know, the home might be the place that's perpetuating those problems. So exactly. it's, it's tough to, it's tough to see that system where it's based so heavily on success and test numbers and what's going on when really the true mark of a good school should be how many emotionally, of course, educationally, but emotionally prepared and just full people that you put out into the real world. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a whole nother thing that we can probably do a whole nother episode on is emotional intelligence. Getting back to this though, one thing I wish schools pushed a little bit more too was that there are other things besides college. There, Because college was always, I mean, for me at least, I had to go to college, right? There's, there was no mention of a trade school. There was no mention of, hey, you know, the world needs plumbers. The world needs construction workers. They need truck drivers. They need people to run restaurants. They need all these things that you can go do without a college degree and make good money. And exactly. that was never taught because it kind of goes back to what we were saying, where it's not intelligence. It's not a lack of intelligence, but there are people who just quite simply are not built for a classroom. They're just not, they're very smart. You know, I always, I always like to say uh, this, a member of my family is didn't graduate high school, never graduated, never anything. He's, you know, they make, make good money there and they're not, they're not dumb. You know, it's not like, oh, this, he, he can't read. It, I don't even want, it's such a stupid stereotype to put out there. He is smart. If, if people knew that they could do that, make good money, have a good life versus you need to go to Cabrillo College. You need to go to San Francisco City. You need to go here and you need to keep doing this. You know, go sit in an art history class when you could be doing an apprenticeship with a welder who needs someone to take over for him who's going to make $85,000 a year. Why wouldn't exactly. you do that? And that's something where I also think people are failing and where this is where, and I'd like to get your, your idea on this too. There are things that the American education system, you cannot tailor it to every single kid. You just can't. I have no idea how many kids are in school in America. I mean, it's 50 million plus for sure, probably more like 100 if there's, you know, a few hundred million people here, but it's hard to, it's hard to specialize it and kids are going to fall through the cracks. But I think that right now, you know, the, um, the issue is that kids who aren't good at school are just treated like they don't matter because they're not being catered to. Right. And I don't mean catered to in a negative connotation. I mean that School is not for them, and they know that. They know that they're not going to be, you know, going to grad school. They know that. They know that they don't like it. They know that they're not going to, that this isn't their thing. And it's the same way we knew it was our thing. And I would hate to be legally required to be somewhere where I felt like I wasn't wanted. I would hate that. Yeah, so a, a kind of like, you know, 
spiffing on what you were just say, saying, like, you know, these kids, like, they go to school every day. The kids who don't, you know, they're not school kids. They're not, like, trying to be, like, in academia or anything. And every day they're told about how much more school they need in order to do anything, right? So, like, I wish that, like, school had, like, taught ch- children in general, like, not only, like, about other options, but, like, how to exploit exploit their resources. Because, you know, everyone's, like, you know, the the um, pull yourself up by the bootstraps crowd would be like, just go out there and find it. Da, 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 da. You know, like, a lot of kids have never, like, success is about proximity. It's not really about ability. It's, it's all about proximity. Like, if you're close to success and you see what it looks like, then you can replicate it. You know, a lot of, most people, I'd say, like, I forgot, I read a study, I think it's like 70% of people are, like, a replication learners. They, like, they learn by repeating what they've seen. So if you can at least show them how to use resources or how to find them in order to, like, you know, find a different avenue of life outside of, like, academia and more school and going to college, like, you know, these kids would actually not only have, you you know, you are satisfying the ability of making them feel seen, but you're also not making it too cookie cutter to where, like, you know, they pull yourself up, up by the bootstraps crowd or, like, oh, you're hand walking them or whatever, you know, you're, you're treating them with uh, with gloves and everything like that. You know what you're really doing is, like, providing actual tools in the modern America to give them a chance. Like, you're not, like, doing anything special. You're basically doing the bare minimum, which is what we're not doing right now. And also, kids are supposed to be treated that way. You're supposed exactly. to be walked kind of – that's the whole point of school is that you're supposed to learn things and you're supposed to try things and that you're supposed to try drama and see if you like it. School is a place where you're supposed to grow. And again, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's hard because there are a few places in this world where you're legally required to be really jury duty. And this are really the only two places, right? Where you're ever like, you could go your whole life without ever stepping in a pool, go your whole life without ever going to a baseball game, you can whole life without ever stepping into a courtroom or not. You have to go to jury duty, but there's a car. Yeah. You can, you can spend your whole life not going in a lot of places, but you have to go to school and you have to go to jury duty, but um, you have to go to those couple places. So that should cater to everyone. It should, there's no, no way around it. Um, We're going to wrap it up here. Maybe we'll do this in another episode, a few, few episodes down. because This is a good talk, but um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about just because for me, I've talked about how much I like school and you have two whiz. And I would, I, and when I think of the school I'm talking about right now is high school. And I love, I loved high school. High school were some of the best years of my life. And it's not, I didn't peak in high school or anything. I, you know, haven't peaked yet. No, I'm, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> that was a joke for everyone listening. But no, no, you have, you have, you're in the ascension right now. <laughs> I, I'm about to turn 27. I'm just entering my prime, right? But, uh, <laughs> um, but, the only thing that would make me want to go back to school, back to high school, if I could get a rewind, is sports. Playing mm-hmm. high school sports were some of the best memories of my life. And the guys that I played with and the girls that I played with, I still talk to on a very regular basis. I look at my group of friends now, and of my six or seven closest friends, I think I played sports with every one of them. It's, it's just, you learn. And when I say sports, I would also include... I would say more, more along the lines of clubs. So if you're in band, if you're in drama, if you're a place, if you play sports, if you're doing mock trial, if you're doing 
any of these things. It kind of all falls under the same category, but sports, in my opinion, did more to prepare me for the real world than anything else. I always say I learned more on a baseball field than I ever did in the classroom because right. you learn how to deal with people from so many backgrounds. And it really is, you're all part of the same team and you all have to pull on a rope the same direction. So exactly. did you play you know, sports growing up? I did. I played football and basketball. Gotcha. And uh, like you said, like you meet so many different people and like, I just want to, you know, kind of like get your idea on this. Do you think that it's such a good learning experience because of the, like how you're kind of removing everybody from the same cookie cutter environment and you're putting them in that, you know, like a different avenue or arena where like they can only be themselves. You know, you can't be anything other than yourself. You're not like all trying to read the same book or trying to figure out the same math problem. You're just out there like just participating in something. So you have to deal with everyone's different personalities. Thus, you know, that's where all the skills and all the lessons you learn. I think so. I think, I think you're on the right track. I think it's a little adjacent to what you're saying. I think the reason mm -hmm. it's such a good learning environment is because social status doesn't matter. It's one of, it's a meritocracy. It's one of the places where if you are good, you are going to play. doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter what shoes you have. doesn't matter if you take the bus, if you get a free lunch, none of it matters. It just matters how good you can hit a ball, how well you can hit a three. That's all that matters. And I think that kids respond to that. And I also think that it's an easy bonding. You get, you get early outs for going to away games. You get, you know, you have team bonding, you have birthday parties, you have field days, you have these things where, you know, you grow up and it becomes a camaraderie. It becomes a brotherhood. And there's not a lot in the world that's truly, truly fair. And of course, you're going to have the daddy's boys who play and whatever. That, that, that's going to happen. That's sports. But I, I think sports are good because, again, it's, it doesn't, nothing else matters. That's why I like sports, why I work in sports, because it doesn't matter what is going on right? You could have, you know, whatever. I don't even want to say, I don't want to have an example, but anything could be happening. You could be going through a breakup. You could be, you know, going through stuff with your family. You could be moving. You could be anything. If you are working a sporting event during those two and a half hours, that's the only thing in the world that matters. Exactly. You know, from when you step on that field, that's all that matters because you have to be completely focused on that. And your anxiety goes away, your stress, your fear, everything goes away because it's happening. You know, it's uh, one of my favorite quotes pretty much ever. I think it was John Madden who said it. He uh, was talking about the Super Bowl and he said his favorite part was that there's all this pageantry and all this hoopla coming up around the two weeks before it. There's the media day, the circus, the 1500 cameras going off at the same time. And then there's a kickoff and a football game breaks out. And I think that's my favorite quote because at the end of the day, it's a game and exactly. it's, it teaches you about life. You learn as much playing baseball as you do coaching it. You learn as much playing baseball as you do in a classroom. So I think sports along the same lines as, and also drama and also band and also anything you can do with your time helps you so much. You know, people say, Oh, when you get to college, make sure you join a club, make sure you join. It's, it's for the camaraderie. You know, because Wiz, we both went, what would it be total? Seven years of school for you? Four and three? Yeah, yeah. So I did, I did four and a half and two. So I basically did, I did seven years. Mm -hmm. In that time, 
And I was thinking about this today. How many friends that you still talk to did you meet in your classes in undergrad? Not a single one. Yeah. It's, it's not, you're not going to meet friends in classes. You're just not, that's not what it's for. However, in the club I was in, well, KSJS was where I, you know, the uh, radio station, San Jose State, it was a class technically, but I talked to a dozen people from there regularly still. And it's just, you know, last night we had a game with the team I work for. One of my, one of my boys was listening and he uh, called me in because I was doing an ad read for a chicken wing place. And one of the broadcasters talked about how many chicken wings I eat. And I said, I don't eat meat. So he, he got kind of dumbfounded by that. And he was like, oh, yeah, I guess you haven't had any then. And I'm like, no, I haven't. But uh, um, it's funny because I met that kid randomly in a class. And it was a KSJS class. But the whole point of this is you have to join something. You have to be a part of something because that's how you really learn, in my opinion, is you can grow together with people. And I think that's that collaborative experience that you're trying to get from school is what you get in sports and what we should be getting in school. And so it was a long discussion about a whole myriad of topics. Of course, we want to know how to balance it. I don't even know what balancing a checkbook means, to be completely honest with you. Do you know what that means? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a checkbook. <laughs> yeah, like I don't. People always say, like, you need to know how to balance a checkbook. I don't know what that means. I have no idea. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, the boomer in us, I guess. Not the boomer. What's the other? The Gen Z, the Gen millennial, whatever we are. It's that, but I think you're technically a millennial and I'm technically Gen Z. Oh, is that the cutoff? Gen you Z and... started in 96. Okay. Right? Okay. You're 95. So you're, yeah. you're the last millennial. I'm, I'm a 90, first. I'm a 94. Oh, you're 94. Okay. Yeah. Still, still at the very end of millennial. So yeah, but I'm still, I was 96. There you go. But uh, yeah, so that's our talk on that. Of course, if you have anything to say about it, feel free to tweet at us, yell at us, whatever you want to do. Your podcast underscore OG. Give us a shout out and we'll tell you about it. So for those of you who are new, for those of you who know, I'm going to give you a rundown real quick. This is a two-part show. Part one, we talk about whatever you guys want to hear. Part two, we draft. And we say draft. We say that loosely. We pick five. We pick a category. We pick our top five things. We're going to rip through this. It's my favorite time of the year. It's the holidays. So we're going to do a holiday draft. And what this draft is, it's, I'm so excited for this one. Yeah. What this draft is, is quite literally it's holiday things. That's how I, I described it. So it's not, you know, you, you can't say, uh, you can't pick Christmas, but you can pick, you know, whatever you want to pick about Christmas is what we're saying. So, and this is all holidays as well. All holidays. Um, it's, it's yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not just Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's not just Christmas. So we're going to pick our top five. I think I went first last time. So Wiz, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So my first one is it's a little nuanced. Um, maybe it's a little bit of me being part of the 1%. But when you go to Costco and the samples are like the little Christmas cookies. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's good. That's the best part. Yeah, I That's my you. number one. That's my first overall pick. That's my favorite part about the holidays. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite because retail is usually a place you want to avoid during the holidays. I guess that's not retail, but yeah, Costco wholesale, Christmas like cookies. It. Yeah, wholesale. Costco yeah. Christmas cookies are good. Yeah. And now that they finally have samples back, that was a real sign of the pandemic kind of being in the rear view. Once was, they got samples yeah. back, that was, that when was a big thing. Opened, they have it. Yeah. After that reopening and Costco didn't have samples, I was like, I'm down so bad. <laughs> like, I'm down horrifically. Yeah. 
so good Christmas cookies is good. Um, my first, my number one overall pick, it's coming from my favorite holiday. It's Thanksgiving dinner. I don't think anything tops Thanksgiving, the meal you eat on Thanksgiving. It might not be dinner. You might eat it at two, but that meal, not even the food. I kind of hate all the food, to be honest with you, other than green bean casserole. I will wreck some green bean casserole. But um, I'm glad you said that about Thanksgiving dinner, though, because that's like everybody gets mad at me. I'm like, yo, Thanksgiving food, not that great. But I do, fuck, you know, I really enjoy the vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, it's the same with me because it's just a holiday about being together. Exactly. It's a holiday where your friends or your family's there and, you know, there's football on there's there. I can't, I can't be giving away picks, but that's a, that's what I'm going with for my number one. I'm going with Thanksgiving dinner. That's a, that's a fantastic first pick, especially because like, you know, you got the family together anyway. Um, so second overall pick, I'm going to go with finding your Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy going to like the little patch and like looking them out. I'm like, Oh, this is a nice spruce you have here, but you know, looks a little on the younger side you got something a little more aged you know i don't know anything about picking out yeah. trees but I'm... yeah you become a tree connoisseur <laughs> out of the way out of nowhere. <laughs> just for the day i'm a tree connoisseur for the day <laughs> uh no that is a good one especially if you if you go to like a farm that has you know the apple cider and you, you get to go there it's usually rainy and cold somehow it looks like it's something out of a movie and exactly. a little hot chocolate while I'm walking around the and then the park. and then your your dad or your mom or whoever becomes MacGyver trying to tie the thing to the car and get it back home. And it's <laughs> it's just a whole thing. No, I'm I'm, I'm exactly. with you. I'm with you. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, my number two is going to be a thing. That it's going to be once you're past college, basically, or once you're in college. Let's say the holiday season. Your homies coming back home. Everyone being mm-hmm. in the same place because everyone leaves. Everyone leaves, everyone somewhere else, and all your friends come back together for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and everyone's there. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of the holidays now. That's, that's awesome. That, that's honestly, it's kind of, I'm kind of riffing off of that one. This was on my list, though, but my third is just like airports during the holidays. <laughs> you like that? I enjoy it. I, I oh. thoroughly enjoy it. I just like airports in general. I get I lo- so I- much anxiety at airports when there's that many people. All right. Well, here's here's a here's a caveat that everybody should know. I am the weird traveler who I'll show up at the airport at four thirty in the morning. I'm cool on that. I enjoy. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I, I'm a huge early morning flight guy. So I, I just enjoy how like you know everyone's like going home to see their families. It's all decorated. You know they got like specialty things at the restaurants there. So I will airport, say airport, that's like an unmatched vibe though because pe- everyone's so excited. Cause it's always such a cram to get up to the airport and you're working so hard. You're finishing, you give your last presentation. Once you're at the airport, you're home free vacation has started, you know, exactly. even driving to the airport, you don't have that freedom. But once you're in the airport, I do get that, that because I'm about to go home a week and a couple days for Thanksgiving. My flight is at 8 AM. And what's brutal is that I live an hour and a half from any airport. So I have to get there and it's JFK. So I have to get there, park my car, leave it there and then go. And it's, it's going to be a whole ordeal. And I have worked the night before till like 2 AM. So I'm not stoked on it, but I'll get there. And then once I'm there, it'll be fun. Um, uh, I'm completely changing seasons, changing holidays. I'm going to say 4th of July beers for my third one. I'm not, I'm not an alcohol person. I know it's a weird phrase but i just don't like <laughs> drinking i don't enjoy alcohol I, I don't very do much alcohol. 
I don't, yeah, I've never done alcohol once, but, uh, <laughs> um, but 4th of July beers are pretty unmatched. It just, I don't know what it is, but I, we mentioned it in our music draft a few weeks ago. I talk about vibes and it makes me sound kind of like an idiot, but there's nothing like 4th of July, drinking beers, music playing, cornhole, barbecue. That's just a, a very, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. very good, a very good situation to be in. So mm-hmm. I enjoy that thoroughly. So I'm going to put that one up there. That is a great choice. And it's funny because, you know, my top three, I was like, all right, you know, it's holiday season. I'm going to keep it around like the holiday theme. But I did have two, a little off the beaten path, specifically the pool on Memorial Day. That's For some reason, idea. the pool feels so much better on Memorial Day than any other holiday. Even it, doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. I don't know why Memorial Day got the pool. Like, why is yeah, that? Memorial Day, I just have to be aquatic. <laughs> big swimming guy big swimming big swim guy. guys <laughs> um, that's a, that's a good one that's a good one um my fourth one is going to be nailing a present i don't think there's any better feeling any better feeling than getting a good present then oh yeah like wrapping it up and then you're like mm-hmm. you slap the uh you know the postage sticker on it, you drop it off you're like they're gonna enjoy that once it gets there yeah or even even when they're opening it and they have no idea and they're like, you know, in their head, they're like, this guy never asked me what he want, what I wanted. I wonder what he's mm-hmm. going to get me. And then you nail it, especially if it's with a significant other. It's such oh, a yeah. good feeling. Such oh, yeah. a good feeling. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, that's going to be my number four. That's a great one. So my fifth one, uh, it's going to be the, uh, not necessarily like the exact day, because I think the exact day is kind of whack, but the whole weekend preceding or following, no, no, the weekend preceding Valentine's Day. You know, everyone's yeah. kind of like in a, in a nice, like, you know, loving mood, but you don't get the cringiness of the actual day where, like, all the couples are mad at each other trying to, like, figure out plans because that's the worst. You try to go out to dinner, like, accidentally on Val- Valentine's Day, and, like, you know, all the couples are little, there's a little tension in the air, and you're like, no, this is not it. You know, the week, give me the weekend before when everyone's vibing. You know, let, let all the single people pop off for a second. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so the person that I so poorly described last week, Josie, who's a mm-hmm. huge part of my life, her birthday is on Valentine's Day. Shout which out Josie. Is, oh, really? Yeah, which That's is great. I can't figure out if it's the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. Well, my birthday is two days after Valentine's Day. It's so the best thing ever now. No, I'm just it's, kidding. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. It's the best thing ever. No, no honestly, a, I'm like been with someone on valentine's day or like around my birthday never i never like done the valentine's thing but my cousin has whose birthday is the day before mine mm. and he says it's great so yeah I, I, yeah it sounds good because it just gives you another reason to celebrate and mm-hmm. i think it's fantastic now that i actually think about it a little bit more i do think it's a good thing but um yeah that'll be that'll be fun this year She's coming out here, yes. so we're going to be in New York City for it. So that should be fun. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be fantastic. Probably get, like, mm-hmm. a little bit of snow, but it's not too cold. That's going to be great, dude. Mm-hmm. But also, also like, I, I already got the present. Is that bad? No, no. It's fantastic. Four months in advance. I mean, we have we still have Christmas. And I already got a present for something in, in February. That is good because, like, you know, it's Valentine's Day. I'm guessing you guys' first Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And then also her birthday. Because, like, the cool thing about having a birthday in your holidays is, like, Whatever you do, it's festive. You know, it's mm-hmm. a little more festive than like a normal birthday. Like 
for me, my birthday, it's always like right after Valentine's Day. And I always get a three-day weekend on my birthday because it's always President's Day. Weekend. Yep. It's, so it's, just- it's funny. You could probably relate with me on this too because I hated my birthday growing up. My birthday, middle of November. So it's right around Thanksgiving. I could never have a party because it was always Thanksgiving. Right. Because everyone was always doing stuff with family or they were out of town or whatever. Then the second I hit college, all my friends came back home. So it was awesome. Mm-hmm. So it, it just flipped yeah. right away where I hated it one year. And then the next year I was so excited because then everyone was there. So it is funny how j- stuff changes. It just flips and it's always different. As you get older, exactly. But what, what, when's your birthday? That means your birthday is coming up soon. Yeah, it's a week, week from today. Week from today. Okay. Yeah. Number 18. All right. Should be good. Should be good. Um, yeah. My, my, I haven't done my fifth pick. My fifth pick is something that's definitely from my childhood. I used to do this a lot with my mom and my sister growing up. Um, going around, driving around, looking at Christmas lights is Ooh. will always be one of my favorite things. It's usually a little too cold to walk, even in California. But you go to some really, you know, hoity-toity neighborhood, super rich, have some fun, and you drive around and look at these ridiculous, excessive um, Yeah, they got, like, they got Frosty in the front. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's... Uh, Usually we'd hit up Scotts Valley, we'd hit up Seascape and Aptos, and we'd go to all these nice houses and just good memories. And it's something that I'll probably do growing up, you know, if whenever I do take that step, have a family, it's something I will obviously do. And it's also just, there's something about turning down a street and seeing Christmas lights. It just makes you feel good. For sure, Um, for sure. Especially when it's tastefully done. mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always got to be tasteful. But um, So I was going to request something. So for our honorable mentions. Let's throw out our best or like our favorite holiday food. Favorite holiday like food. A, I have like an honorable a, mention a, that we need to talk uh-huh. about first, if you don't mind. Okay. okay. Can we oh, talk absolutely. about? Can we talk about how ridiculous Black Friday is? Oh my! It's it's a uh, it's the it's the worst part of American society. I think that it describes American society even better. It comes after a holiday yeah. where you're supposed to be thankful for everything you have, and then you run out and trample people to get stuff you don't have. It's crazy. That that's and then the worst part is like now it's to the point where like you don't even get the whole day of being thankful. Like Thursday night, everybody's like, "All right, peace." Yeah, gotta, gotta go. go. Gotta, gotta get wait me a... in line of JC Penny. Gotta yeah. get a peacoat. Yeah, no, it's insane. No, it's, it's uh, the worst. Have you have you gone Black Friday shopping before? I have for about twenty minutes. I did it one time. No, I yeah. always say this story. It's one of my favorite stories. My two stories with gambling. First time I ever gambled. I put five dollars in a slot machine and took home like two fifty. I was like, "All right, never oh. gambling again." I'm yeah. just not. <laughs> yep, I'm done. And uh, so yeah, I'm up. I'm up two hundred and forty-five. Although whenever I'm in Vegas, I'll put ten dollars in a machine and see. But there you go. Um, but that's not really gambling, you know. That's it's not. Just like, it's not. Yeah, it's just is. having fun. <laughs> but um, that and then um, when I went to when I, the only time I ever went Black Friday shopping, they gave us uh, they gave us gift gift cards. Like they gave us gift bags and you'd get, you know, a bag to shop with and a goodie bag from Bed Bath & Beyond and whatever. And I got a $500 gift card in it. I like won a $500 gift card in this goodie bag. And it was like the grand prize. There was three $500 gift cards and I won one of them. And then I was like, all right, I'm not buying anything. Bye. I just made $500 on Black Friday. Let's go. That was, it was in high school, but um, still pretty funny to like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing now. But, um, (laughs) but yeah. So Black Friday, but yeah, our best, your favorite holiday food. Are we talking these holidays, like this, this part of holidays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like the fall holiday season. Okay, what's yours? All right, so my like food, favorite food, 
is tamales slash beverage eggnog. Oh, I can't do eggnog. I can't do it. Oh, it's 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 a hundred percent. It's the consistency. It's the consistency. I can't do it. Um, I, I can but that's that's a good one. My my favorite. I'm gonna go instead of beverage. I'm gonna go dessert. Apple pie with crumble on it. I can mainline that. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Ice cream yeah. or whipped cream? Ice cream. 100 percent ice cream. I'm a whipped cream guy. It's weird. See, no. but yeah, like whipped cream's <laughs> good, but I think I yeah, I, I would a hundred percent take ice cream over whipped cream in that situation. Um, but Christmas. See, I'm just not a big, I'm not a big Christmas because everything is, and this is, you know, first world problems, but everything's pretty centered around meat in terms of it's the Thanksgiving turkey, it's the Christmas ham, it's, you know, the Christmas turkey, whatever. I, I like everything. Green bean casserole, I've already said, that's my favorite Thanksgiving thing for sure. Um, I don't know. It might be apple pie because I only have apple pie on Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't think I have it ever otherwise uh that's a good one yeah uh what else i mean i would say one of the things and this is i'm finding a very common thing everybody everybody has chinese food on christmas eve because it's one of the only things that are open in christmas and so i think getting some food from chinese village in santa cruz that's a big part of it too i would say that might be up there um either that or whatever you eat. So I have, you know, a little bit personally about me, my parents split when I was very young, I was five or six, but we still do Christmas and Thanksgiving, everyone together. And in the morning on Christmas, it's usually just us four. And then uh, my stepmom too. So it'll be the five, it'll be five of us. And we always get bagels that day. And that's, that's might be, I think that might be the food. Those, those bagels that morning, cause you wake up, there's presents, there's a heater on. It's usually warm. Usually you get some new slippers because that's just when you get new slippers is Christmas. And yeah, th- I think that might be it. It might be bagels. That might be my food. That, that's a great one. So like a little bit about me, like my stepdad, he's uh, he's from Missouri. So, let, you know, Midwestern vibes. And his, uh, his mom used to live with us when I was a kid. And she, on Christmas, she'd always make, you ever heard of Sakatumi cake? No. Basically, it's like a cinnamon swirl pound cake drizzled in caramel. Just covered in caramel. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that's bad. That's got. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, (laughs) I mean, like my heart, my arteries are clogging right now. Like you know, just just talking about it. But that is a definitely like you know like a personal favorite of mine. Oh yeah, less less than a cultural favorite. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh, I never asked you. First of all, what's our song today? What's our intro? What's our outro? We were talking about school. I don't know what we want it to be. What do you want? Um. You know what? Let's let's get let's get festive. We're going um I want for Christmas to you by Mariah Carey. Of course. I do love my favorite thing. Pretty much my favorite thing ever was the Jonas Brothers released a Christmas song. And at the Uh, beginning they said, Don't worry, we asked Mariah. And then they they went on to release it and I loved it. But um yeah, yeah, I'll put that on. Uh of course we got Thanksgiving coming up, my favorite holiday. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. This was a little bit longer of an episode. I thought we got a lot of good stuff out. If you're listening to us, whoever the director of the, or the, whatever the secretary of education is, we'd love to come on board. Just let us know. Um, if you have we're anything else. Oh yeah. We got you. Got anything else yeah. Wiz? you want to say bye to the people? Uh, yeah. You know, I hope you people have a great and a, you know, loving week, you know, hug your family, kiss your kids, got kids, hug your parents, tell everybody you love them. 
And, you know, look out for Twitter. We're going to, I've been splacking with uh, the Twitter account, you know, hands in the air, but that will be getting popping within the coming week. And, you know, look out for, um, you know, tweets, polls, and, you know, give us your all thoughts. That and, stuff. Yeah. All, all that all fun that. stuff. But exactly. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Your podcast underscore OG on Twitter, on Instagram, your podcast on Facebook. I'm Chad. That's Wiz. Hope you guys have a good week, a good weekend. Be safe and have a nice rest of your day.